Hello and welcome to In The Frame. We have such a special episode for you today with the amazing, incredible Natalie Kusanga. So Natalie kicked off her career as a child. She was young Nala in the West End production of The Lion King and then she went on to do Oliver, the Drew Lane and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on tour. And then kind of Natalie took a break from theatre. She ventured into the music industry and made it to the live finals of The X Factor as part of girl group Alien Uncovered. After leaving the group, Natalie returned to theatre and took over as Diana Ross in Motown the Musical at the Shaftesbury Theatre before joining the West End production of Dear Evan Hansen as a standby for Zoe and Alana. Natalie is part of the lineup for Turn Up, a concert which is being streamed for three nights, kicking off tonight. Um, and it's being streamed across this weekend. It was filmed at Cadogan Hall in response to the Black Lives Matter movement. As you can tell, there was so, so much to talk about. It was such an inspiring conversation. Natalie is literally so amazing, so incredible, so much to talk about. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. And then I hope you book your ticket to see her and a whole host of incredible performers take the stage for Turn Up this weekend. Here's the interview. Natalie Gasanga, you're in the frame. Hello, I am indeed. I'm excited. <laughs> you're literally with, with Zoom. You are literally in a frame on my computer screen. I'm trying to make sure I've got the perfect angle and everything. So I'm literally <laughs> in a frame and everything. There we go. There she is. So crazy question. I think a year, like a few months ago, no one ever thinks it's a crazy question. But how are you? How are you getting on in these mad times? I know. Do you know what? I'm doing pretty well. It's been very overwhelming throughout the last couple of months, just obviously from the industry completely blacking out and you know going from going to work every single day to literally all of a sudden being trapped in my household you know with pretty much nothing to do (laughs) I was driving myself crazy for a for a hot minute but I kind of started enjoying it you know just spending time with family you know you kind of start to speak to friends more often than you start doing things that you kind of never had the chance to do before if that mm. makes any sense. So, you know, your totally. creative mind starts to take action. And for example, like I just bought a guitar recently and I have never played the guitar before. And boy, I am struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I am struggling. Yes, though, to that new lockdown skill. You know, when yeah. this is over, you'll be, you know, you'll be a, a guitar I'll be a pro. Hero. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, because I've just, it's something that I wanted to do for so long, but because of obviously being so busy I just kind of put it on the back burner but I thought you know what let me purchase a guitar you know learn some chords and then hopefully eventually start doing some covers whilst playing mm-hmm. um which will be something that I would obviously love to do eventually but it's just trying to get the hang of it because because my guitar mm. is so new the strings are so hard to kind of break into so okay, I have this now, now you're into lingo that I have no idea what you're talking about oh. <laughs> breaking <laughs> in guitar strings yeah trying to bring like honestly it's so hard I'm trying though but it's been okay, you know, it's not been easy, but mm. yeah, it's been all right. Not too mm. bad. Mm. Well, what I wanted to ask you about first is this mm. amazing concert that you've done, Turn Up. Yes. This yes. is happening yes. 
tonight and then this weekend um, mm. and it was all recorded already at Cadogan Hall um, and yeah. it's called Turn Up and it is an incredible concert it's it's kind of in response to the Black Lives Matter movement within our industry right and we've raised, yeah. it's raising money for the Bell Project the Okra Project the Black Curriculum UK Black Pride um, so many important charities who do incredible work but also this is about really championing uh, representation and we have so many yeah. we've had so many concerts which haven't been diverse and haven't celebrated you know diverse talent and here we are with, but with not just black performers but black bands and black musical director and Everything. and black creative directors so what was it what was it like to to be a part of this you know what for starters the fact that this concert is even taking place is so special it's going to be absolutely incredible you know like you said to represent and to appreciate diverse talent and um, creatives etc and knowing that a concert has been made with as you said a full black band full black artists is is honestly incredible and you know shout out to Ryan Carter and Nicole Raquel Dennis who have put this together mm. um, and yeah just being a part of it has been so beautiful because first of all when we um, did the pre recording at the at Cadogan Hall being in a room full of beautiful black people people of color was honestly so moving the energy the love the the positivity that was just constantly spiraling around was amazing even people that I may have never met before or people that haven't met before just just to see them it's like hey how you doing you know like what are you doing today kind of thing and it's just it's just beautiful to kind of embrace that feeling and to know that you know we're all in this together and we're here to showcase talent to represent present charities and to support charities to make people aware that you know a lot of things are going on in the world that no one would have necessarily made paid attention to and knowing that it's something that's been put together using our voices is the most powerful part about it um you know from west end to broadway um Mm -hmm. you know all of us coming together is extremely special so this concert um when it does go live it's going to be absolutely epic so we need everybody to go and get their tickets um you know links will be in everybody's bios it'll be in my bio and it's all on my story so everyone should just go and purchase Trust tickets me, on episode description of this episode as well scroll Everywhere. down this episode go and get those tickets go <laughs> get, and get those, those tickets because you do not want to miss out it's going to be beautiful it's going to be amazing the lineup yeah. is ridiculous the talent on that oh. on that list it's just honestly I don't know how I'm gonna cope I know honestly I think that's the like most ridiculous part about it is the fact that there's like such an incredible lineup mm. um you know you've got India Mari you know you've obviously got all of us people from Motown and people from Dreamgirls you've got so many people from Broadway mm. um but also like new grads right they've got new talent yeah. and fresh talent and it's fresh everyone's talent. getting their kind of chance everyone's getting you know honestly you know everyone's being able to kind of dip dip their toe in you know and you know like you said upcoming talent that haven't been showcased just yet this is the perfect platform for them to do that and you know for people to see you know who who is out there and who's ready to kind of showcase their talent and creativity it's honestly it's it's inspiring it's honestly so inspiring Mm. even just to see let alone be a part of Mm. Mm. um you know because this industry can get very very difficult and it's it's you know one of those ones where to be able to embrace something in such a short space and short environment is is incredible 
So, yeah. And obviously, you're used to going into the theatre every day. Yeah. What was it like to go into a theatre, to go into Godogan Hall? It's a nice, beautiful concert venue, but it must have been oh. so emotional to be on a stage and to be with musicians and to be singing. Do you know what? It almost, I almost felt like I forgot how to be on stage like I, <laughs> no joke I was like oh my god I'm on a stage now like there's and what maybe maybe made it a little bit more weird was the fact that the auditorium was pretty much empty yeah so it's like there isn't an audience here but to be able to enter a theater was like oh my god I'm home like I'm um, finally back where I belong I'm finally back being able to do what I love like I have not used my voice in a minute so <gasps> really to be able yeah like it's been a while I've done a couple of um online concerts and stuff yeah but to actually um as you will see in the performance what song we sing but to sing the specific song it was like oh the, the the vocals I had to dust that <laughs> off i had to literally <laughs> clean up brush it up and i was like right okay we're ready to go um but honestly it was amazing and i can tell you i know a lot of people can relate you know <laughs> so um yeah it was just amazing to be able to be like oh i can sing and i can sing out mm, you know i know so it felt great it makes me emotional to think of those venues, all these beautiful venues that we have in London and in the UK and across the yeah. world right now, which are all empty and they're never exactly. normally empty. So the no. fact, even though there was an audience, the fact that these walls are being filled with amazing talent and musicians just makes Power. me kind of a bit happier. Yeah, and I think that was probably why it was so emotional because it was like, oh my God, we can finally sing and use our voices for, for the greater good, you know, for a good cause. And the fact mm. that we had the space to ourselves as well was probably why it was so comfortable and it was a space where everyone can literally just be themselves you know there wasn't any kind of feeling of not necessarily being trapped but being able to kind of just express and mm -hmm. you know and just to to be yourself and just to sing out so unleashed um, yeah it was lovely yeah to be unleashed you know <laughs> so yeah it was lovely it was it was amazing I loved every second of it I, I can't wait and everyone listening needs to turn up get their tickets yes um, it's gonna be great enjoy. it's gonna be great I want to um, rewind a little bit. So I was doing, yeah. I was on Google this morning doing my oh, research. God. Okay, right. Oh, I don't know where, I don't know don't where this look, is going. You look so scared. I don't, don't know why. <laughs> why am I scared? Well, you, yeah. I, I love asking people about kind of how they got into the industry and how they started yeah. out. And I love talking to people who had kind of different paths, who didn't just yeah. kind of go down that normal kind of drama school route and then find themselves in the West End because you're on mm -hmm. different things. What I love is that you were the theatre kid, you were at Sylvia's, you were at Stagecoach and <laughs> you were in the West End and on tour. So you were in Chitty on tour. You I were on casually with Rowan Atkinson and Oliver at the Drew Lane. Um, yeah. And you were young Nala in the West End production of The Lion King. Yeah. So when did your kind of love of theatre begin? How did that happen? How did it come about? And how did you find yourself in the West End? Ever wondered what it takes to make it in the movie business? Peel back the curtain with 4-6 Success Filmmaking. 4-6 Success Filmmaking is where filmmakers share their stories and the secrets. It's beyond competitive out there. There have been movies that it's taken me 10 years to get made. Don't wait to create. Like, you've got to just keep making stuff. Tune in to 4-6 Success Filmmaking for your dose of cinematic realness, direct from the voices that have lived it.
all started off, um, so obviously I've been singing since I was little, since probably I was about four to five years old. Okay. Um, you know, my inspirations were people like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson, you mm-hmm. know, the absolute legends. Um, and it was just the case of me wanting to be able to just kind of express my voice and knowing that, you know what, I love singing. It's my favorite thing in the world. And when I was about eight, nine years old, I decided like, you know what, mom, and it was actually my mom, shout out to mom, who um, (laughs) kind of sort of encouraged me to go to a stage school and just to kind of, you know, learn more about singing. And then that's when acting and dancing came to play. Um, And so that's when I went to stage coach and I went to stage coach for about four years. And from Stagecoach, there was these magazines and, um, you know, the stage, there were um, advertising opening auditions for The Lion King. Now, at this point, The Lion King was my utmost favorite film in the entire world. I absolutely loved that film. Um, <laughs> and when I heard about it, I was a little bit like, oh, what, what is this? Because I didn't really understand stage school and stage um, performances at the time just yet. I was still learning. Yeah, but I kind of was like, mom, I would love to go to this audition. Like, let's, let's give it a go you know I had no experience yet um I didn't know what technique was at the time so I kind of attended the auditions um and at this point you know I I hadn't got the job at the time so obviously it was just the case of just not being ready you know I remember being absolutely distraught and heartbroken but at the same time I was like you know still young we move you know mm-hmm. um So then after about a year, the auditions came again. And then that's when I went at the time. Um, And, you know, you go through the process. And from having my first audition, that's when I realized, okay, this is something that I need to start learning how to act in a room, how to portray myself as a performer. Um, And that that got me where I actually ended up being, which was getting the job, which was absolutely amazing. Um, And I think the fact that I started off being in a predominantly black show Mm -hmm. and um, having so much diversity on stage was what allowed me to have the knowledge I have I have today mm. and being in an environment where there is so much love and people who can make me feel comfortable because at the time I was quite a shy child but at the same time I was very confident as soon as I hit the stage um but there was just so much love and being able to experience a, an incredible show like that for over a year was honestly life-changing for me and mm. at that point that's when I realized I want to do this again and again and again um and at this point I didn't really know about Sylvia Young Theatre School just yet. I didn't know about, you know, Tring, etc. So at this point, when I was meeting a few friends, um, such as Idris Ayokagbo, and How I... How old were you both when you met? Um, so yeah, I did the show with him, as a matter of oh. fact. Um, I, at the time, was 10. Oh my I God, that's crazy. It's you were like really interest is causing chaos, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> Literally, it was so much fun. And I think the fact that because there's obviously six children um, per, per contract, um, the fact that I got along with, I think it was about six or eight, something like that. And yeah. I think the fact that I got along with every single one of them made the experience even better. Mm-hmm. And because they had more knowledge of the industry, I started to learn even from that job at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's when they were kind of already in Sylvia Young. And so I was like, oh, I want to go to this school so I auditioned for the agency at the time um, and and they accepted me I got in and I got um, a half scholarship to attend the part-time school um, which was which was incredible and so when I had gone um, I was hearing that oh there are new auditions for um, for Oliver and I was thinking, Mum, what, what are these auditionings? Like, where am I? Like, why? How am I missing out on all of this information? 
So, um, so I auditioned for um, Oliver as well, and I also got that job with Idris um, at the same time. Oh my time. gosh! So um, it was just incredible. There were so many people today as well that I had performed with when I was younger. You know, we shared so much growing up. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I got into Oliver, and that was absolutely incredible. It was so much fun. Um, and let me tell you, Rowan Atkinson is the most amazing human being you will meet. He is so lovely. He is so funny. Um, and he. Just I saw it. He was amazing. Yeah. He's amazing in that role. In that production was such an oh, incredible he's production. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, honestly, and like just the energy, and he's he's just such a lovely person. You know, he made mm. everyone feel at home. He made everyone feel comfortable. Um, and so that was that was incredible as well. So when you were um, doing this, were you kind of like looking at people like Rowan and the other principals, and were you kind of like, I want to be you, like that's what I want to do when I grow up? Were you yeah. already? Were you feeling that? Were you like, this is me? This is who I am? 100%. I think it even started in Lion King when I was, honestly, if you could tell me to do the, in the entire show, I could I could do it as a one-man person. I honestly just studied it left, right and centre and I was obsessed with old Nala. And um, at the time it was Alexia Kadeem who was old <gasps> Nala. Oh my and God. I wanted to be her so bad. I wanted to literally <laughs> be in her shoes because I was thinking, this, this woman is incredible. You know, and mm. the fact that like straight, well, I think it was straight after or a couple um, of years later, she became the very first black alphabet. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so inspired and I was just definitely like, you know, I want to know that 10, 15 years down the line, I am still where I am. Mm. You know, I still want to be able to be in shows and be an older principal. Mm. Um, and so Nala was definitely something that I wanted wow. to be and still would love to be. Um, and it was the same thing with Oliver, you know, being the role of Nancy, you know, just constantly being in awe of all these beautiful, powerful women, um, just wanting to kind of be in that position and wanting to be that and be an inspiration to younger children who can see themselves in that and to be able to relate. And yeah. I think that was why it was so amazing for me because it's like, I can relate and mm. I want to be in that position. Um, and so, yeah, after after that one, did the tour of Chitty Chitty Chitty. Oh, I can never say the word. Chitty <laughs> Chitty. Not can I. <laughs> On the podcast, it's not the word. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to, obviously, I've been in um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, and then after that, I kind of took a break, you know, focused on education, um, and then from that point, I kind of took a D route from, from musical theatre because I think it was that awkward stage of where you're kind of not able to um, be young enough to be in a role, but then you're also too tall. So yeah. it was kind of like a flat line at that point. But that's when I started um, doing a sort of music. And so I went into a girl group, mm -hmm. took a little bit of a D tour. This is Alien Uncovered. This is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> See, yes. I've done my googling. <laughs> you know your stuff. I'm so dead. <laughs> so you were on X Factor. I was and indeed. Yeah. The video that I was just watching before I came onto this is a video on YouTube, which is like Alien Uncovered. It's like Natalie solos. And it's all oh just no, you didn't. <laughs> Trust I'm me, sorry. I did. <laughs> no, and it's incredible. You were bringing audiences to their feet on that show. Like that was Thank where it's at. Thank <laughs> you. I mean, yeah, it was. It was definitely um, another huge experience, but a definite. It was definitely like a different kind of experience because it was more. It was being more involved with reality and mm -hmm. realizing that it's so difficult to to get into this industry and it's so difficult to make it into the music industry, let alone yeah. the musical theatre industry. Yeah. And um, being on the show such as 
as X Factor, it was very, very eye-opening and made me realise, okay, you know, who am I as an artist, let alone being in a girl group kind of thing. And it was, um, it kind of taught us a lot and it taught me a lot in terms of, you know, to make sure that you stay true to who you are, you know, to never allow people to kind of want to mould you into something that you're not. Um, and so it was, it was definitely incredible. It was an amazing experience, definitely also life-changing because it was just something that was completely different. You know, it's national TV um, and it was just so much fun. And our judge was, uh, not judge, sorry, but our mentor was Cheryl Cole, who was just absolutely divine. She was incredible, absolutely mm. obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> she was absolutely lovely. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was an amazing experience. Um, so after that, it was the case of being with the group for about a year or so later. So altogether we were together for about three, four years. Um, and then I oh, think wow. from then that's when I kind of realized I, I miss musical theater. I miss musical theater. I didn't get the opportunity to, to go to stage school because of the group. Um, and I was at the age of where I wanted to start auditioning. Mm. Um, but because of taking like a different route, you know, it's okay. You know, you know, everyone does their own thing and everyone yeah. has different paths. Well, there's, there's this myth, I think, that you go to drama school and you get an agent and you get a job. But there's so many yeah. people in our industry who do have different paths and do have different routes. Exactly. In. And I think that's why with, with my situation, I sort of embrace the fact that, you know what, it's you don't have to go to stage school in order to make mm. it you don't have to necessarily even have an agent in order to make it yeah, yeah, yeah. um which um kind of was my journey before being in in motown um i didn't have an agent at the time i hadn't gone to stage school yet you know and to know that you can achieve something as big as that it, it inspires and it should show people that you know of course going to stage school is incredible but you can also make it without without necessarily that defined training mm. you know yeah 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 tell me more about um, I want to know more about the girl band so how did you yes. how did you kind of get together and then what was that what well, before you were at next factor so you were together for a long time kind of before yeah. and then after what was that kind of life like that of kind process. of performing and traveling and it's because people I think there's this image as well isn't there of what the music industry is like and then yeah I'm speaking to lots of people on this podcast like Sinead Holmes is I know you did Western Musical Brunch yes, with, with her she's been girl, on here yeah. she was talking about X Factor and talking about music industry a lot on this podcast as well and yeah you know, it's kind of like it's kind of not what it seems is it it's just a different kind of world very different world honestly it really really is um so joining the group um there was an advert actually on on the stage as well that there was um like a new shout girl out group the stage today. And... Oh, no, shout <laughs> out. come on <laughs> yes. the stage are amazing They're the doing stage are great yeah. yeah so um i saw an advert and um it was just basically a new upcoming girl group and they were looking for some members so i was like okay cool i was like Do you know what it'll be it'll be great to sort of experience something new like that so i went for the auditions and the auditions were held at pineapple and um there was so many girls there it was ridiculous and I was thinking to myself my goodness what what a girl would do to be in a group you know um so yeah I went for the auditions and everything and it was obviously very very successful there was about a good three to four rounds um and then obviously got into the group and so prior to that um we'd been together for about a year or so roughly so we were getting to know each other getting to know each other's voices we were just producing some new songs figuring out what our sound was because we knew that um obviously if you see us we are very very 
very distinctive. We are very, very different. You've got different hair colors, different styles. So we kind of wanted to make sure that we were different from every other girl group. We kind of established our sound and we knew who we wanted to be. And at that point, that was actually when X Factor was scouting some people. That was the very, that was the first year actually they were scouting people and they Mm. did the very first live reveal. Um, so we had like a couple of meetings with, with Sony and with Psycho, you know, just to see, okay, are these the kind of people we want on the show? And, you know, obviously they loved us. So that's kind of how we got into X Factor. Um, but just the whole process of X Factor was so overwhelming because of the traveling and, you know, obviously doing the room auditions and then doing Wembley, which was so overwhelming because to be on a stage such as, as the arena was absolutely insane. And And that's where you were literally, you were like bringing people to their feet as well they were going yeah yeah oh we did our thing we did our thing yeah and um, obviously we got a standing ovation which was which was amazing and was very shocking because we weren't expecting that um so yeah just kind of going from the arenas and then to boot camp and then judges houses which was in italy um in rome which bearing in mind was actually the very 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 first time i'd ever stepped out of the uk as well (gasps) So even I know honestly so even with that being said it was like that show also took me out of the country for the first time um and it was absolutely beautiful it was only a couple of days I think it was from like maybe for a Thursday to Sunday or something um very very quick process yeah well wind yeah (laughs) so um but yeah you get to kind of meet new people you know we got closer to the contestants etc um and then from that point it was just you know six chair challenge etc so everything about X Factor was 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 kind of a lot because it was mm-hmm. a lot of hard work, you know, just mm-hmm. really, really trying to fight for the spotlight and fight to get to the finals. And bearing in mind that I've been obsessed with the X Factor and I followed it since the very first season. <laughs> so I honestly can tell you now, I kind of knew the, how the process was going to go um, mm. and everything like that. And so when it came to the live shows, it was just absolutely nuts you know just go to be in the fountain studios and you know being kind of weighed hand and foot you know you get all these beautiful costumes and outfits and you know you get all your makeup done and hair mm. done you get tanned and everything um it was so much fun it was it was it was amazing um and after once we had completed x factor you know we we kind of were riding off the back of being the x factor finalists Mm. so you know you did like a lot of we did a lot of gigs and we were kind of touring up and down the country you know doing loads of school tours and we went to ireland for about a week or so to kind of you know get them on side you know to just bring in more fans yeah Yeah, and that following um so that was yeah that was kind of an amazing experience Mm. so much fun so much Mm. fun so, and then yeah. how did we land into the land of Motown? How did that so, happen? <laughs> so the land of Motown, um, <laughs> that's uh, kind of pretty much the same year that I um, walked from, from the group. Um, I think we kind of just realised that, you know, we've, we've had our time, you know, things were still very difficult um, and it wasn't, it, it just wasn't going too well, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. It mm-hmm. wasn't, um, we were kind of hoping we were kind of hoping for more and it just was a little bit of a struggle to reach that. Um, so from that point onwards, I just, you know, got a regular job 
and I kind of realized okay you know what let me try and go back to what I love doing which was musical theater Mm. um so I just contacted um a casting director and um I just kind of said I'm in a situation where I would love to be back in musical theater I've been on a break so far um I would love to know what opportunities are about at the moment and if there is anything there for me um please let me know if you'd like to have a meeting and you know just for me to come and sing for you was it a casting director Um, you knew or is it someone that you just someone a friend to give you contact info for like yes yeah it was a casting director I knew who had cast me twice beforehand when I was little um I don't know if I should say her name or not not. um so uh yeah so I I I contacted her um and it was actually just to be Pippa Alien there you go it was (laughs) so it was um, yeah Pippa's name's popped up so many times in this podcast as well. Like people, oh, well then there I you think go. It might have been Shanae as well was talking about Pippa. Um, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I just decided. You know what? Let me contact Pippa Alien because she'd casted me in Lion King when I was little. She cast me in Oliver. So I was kind of like, you know what? Let's just contact her. You know, she's amazing and she's such a lovely woman. You know, whether she'd remembered me at the time, I don't know until she saw me. But who knows? So <laughs> I just contacted her and she was so lovely. I literally heard from her within about a week or so. She was just like, hi, like why don't you come in um, to the umbrella rooms and just, you know, have a meeting with us. Let's chat. Let's have a little sing song, you know, let's read a monologue or something and let's go from there. And she honestly took me under her wing. She took care of me. She was so lovely. And, um, about maybe about a month or so that's when she said that there are auditions actually happening so there was dream girls and there was motown so i kind of went in for both and you know motown was the one that was looking very very good for me so i was like okay you know um, and i was doing all my research and when i first went in for motown i wasn't even realizing that i was even going in for diana ross at the time so i was just kind of going in for just wishing for the best you know because i didn't know i was kind of vulnerable at this point so i didn't really know what was going to happen for me and if I would even get in the show Mm. and so there was about approximately 13 rounds 11 between 11 and 13 rounds oh I was seeing a lot I was seeing so many times um over how long was it like a good few months it was over the course of about five months about five six months roughly because I think I was first a long time I think I was first seen roughly between May and June um and I found out that I got the job in December which honestly was like the best but uh, yeah. best Christmas present I could yeah. have ever Happy received. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas. Here's your new job. <laughs> so um yeah, it was it was honestly amazing. And I remember at the time when I found out I got um the job, I was literally I was just a receptionist at Jury's Inn, you know. Um, and I was thinking, why does this number keep calling me? What is going on? So I was like, okay girls could you just cover me real quick I'm just gonna go to the toilet you know and literally as soon as I approached the toilet literally the, the call was um was coming through and I was like hello and I was just like oh hi you know it's um Adam Spiegel Productions and I'm like who <laughs> I'm like pardon <laughs> and they're like yeah we just wanted to um give you some great news that we uh would love you to be our new Honestly, I can't even I can't even finish the sentence because it just blows my mind. It makes me so emotional, you know, we want you to be um our new Diana Ross. And I was like, say what now? I was like, pardon? And I was like, no, 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 are you sure? And I was like, are you, are you sure? And they were like, yeah. I it honestly took me five minutes to actually oh take God. it in. Like I was constantly back and forth. Are you sure? Mm. Diana, cover? Cover? Mm. Diana? I, I, I just didn't accept it because I was like for me to go from zero to a hundred 
it honestly when I tell you and I broke down in the middle of that toilet floor I literally just fell apart I was like this is not happening to me I was like this can't be true you know I've gone from one thing to to straight to the next and Mm. at this at this point you know as I said you know the group just wasn't going too well and you know when you find yourself in that in that limbo where you're not happy yeah you don't know yeah what, what what do I do? And I'm so just very confused. Exactly. So much uncertainty. And I kind of started to worry that how can I bounce back? And I I will definitely tell you, I worked my ass off during those audition processes. My goodness, I did everything I could. Um, I went all out. And for it to have paid off, honestly, just just playing that mm. role was, was honestly like mm. a dream come true to me mm. because it was knowing that I'm not just playing a character here. You know, I'm playing a person. I'm playing... Um, an icon you Mm. know a phenomenon and so I honestly couldn't have appreciated and been more honored to have played that role Mm. any more than I Mm. still do Mm. Um, but I say I love the way that Motown always cast their leads because originally I think it was like Cedric's first thing in London like Lucy had had been a cover before and Mm. then you this was your first thing as an adult and also Jay before Jay was on I did the podcast Jay and he was like third cover or something and leapt up to lead he was like in this emergency cover because so often in this industry they make you work to climb (laughs) (laughs) and you have to breathe yourself time and time again there's this whole thing about your people being useful (laughs) in certain places and what does useful mean I don't want to be useful I want to you know I want to be utilized and then but how how amazing that I guess Motown was like no you know we want the best people for the jobs you don't care what else yeah 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 honestly like I think that's why when I joined because I've always been taught to be so humble to never think you're better than anybody else and knowing that it was a huge cast change at the time and that I was stepping in to be the new lead you know I wasn't a part of the con a part of the comp company company just yet <laughs> and um knowing that I was kind of join joining the company to yeah. be their new leading lady was already enough a lot of pressure mm. so I was like oh my goodness me you know because you almost not seek for validation but you're kind of like hi like you know um and so but honestly the love and just the previous cast members that were there they just made us feel so at home they welcomed us with open arms and that honestly that show I can tell you I have never been a part of a show like Motown and it was honestly the most amazing experience of my entire life you know Mm. that is at is at the top for me Mm. um one because of the role and how much pressure there was with that and how much it took me out of my comfort zone. Um, And as I said beforehand, there wasn't training. So I kind of had to learn as I was going. And, you know, the people that I was working with, they taught me so much. You know, they taught me how to to be a leading lady, how to carry yourself, how to carry a cast and um, how to just sort of bring yourself down and to be leveled properly. Um, and just being around, especially um, Jay Perry, you know, my co-star, shout out to Jay, hey babe. Yeah, um, incredible. He yeah. is absolutely incredible. So, such a, such a talented man. Um, and he was honestly like my, my right-hand man. I confided in him about so many things. He taught me so much and he, he really looked after me. <laughs> he really took care of a girl and I couldn't love him any more than I do. And we're so close still, you know, we talk all the time. Um, 
And just the fact that I was working with a co-star such as him made the entire experience even better for me, mm. you know, and the people who were around as well. Um, like I said, to be around a cast who is predominantly black and um, people of color, knowing that there is so much love there, so much diversity, the energy. I was walking into that building every single day looking forward to being on stage, looking forward to being in an environment with people that I love and who love me and who you don't have to be someone that you're not, if mm. that makes any sense. And mm. it was it was just so powerful because the show in itself represents that, mm. you know, um, and it speaks on history, black history and, you know, the days of Martin Luther King and knowing that you're on a stage and you're portraying such a beautiful, powerful story in itself as well. The whole experience was just absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that really was a revolution, the Motown era. We, everyone looks back, to, back on it now as this revolutionary time for 100%. Yeah. Industry. And it's the biggest nostalgia as well. And, you know, the show is for everyone. It's for every age group, for little ones, you know, when they see the Jacksons pop out, that little baby Michael Jackson, you know, you see yourself on that stage, you know, especially mm. if you want to be in the industry and you want to be a, a performer, you know, you're like, I can see myself as that little boy. And, you know, for us, um, teenagers and middle-aged people you know you just think back to the days where you used to listen to Stevie Wonder and you used to love uh, Diana Ross and everyone um, and you know you've got the older generation who are like oh my god I used to listen to this uh, to the to this to smoking the miracles and you know just all the artists and the music that we had back then was just it, it was iconic, you know, it really changed the industry, especially um, Diana Ross, you know, who, who changed mainstream pop. And, you yeah. know, she was one of the most powerful black women to have changed that. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, kind of watching the show and being a part of the show to express that and to know that this is still happening today. It's still relevant um, is, is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. I remember I came to see... I saw the show originally when it first opened and then I came yes. again in its very last week. So I, oh, I yeah. got to see you and Jay. And oh. I think it was quite a like, long time back. And I just, I'd forgotten how incredible those two roles were and how like demanding they were and Honestly. how many costumes you have and you were both just phenomenal it's like it was a marathon God. for both of you yeah imagine for you especially like all the backstage stuff must have been just as exhausting as the onstage stuff because oh. you're like change change boom 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 it's yeah. non-stop non-stop so how did you kind of look after yourself how did you find yourself you know when you're suddenly in those shoes to kind of sustain it and to yes. do eight shows a week and to keep going and to you yeah. know to get through it all and keep delivering and keep serving us up those Just vocals keep going <laughs> yeah you know what the number one thing for me at the time was to make sure that my voice was the priority my voice and my health just because the track in, in itself as Diana was extremely demanding it was a lot and it was kind of one of those ones where I sort of warmed into the track and not that it became easier but it kind of became it kind of got to a stage where I had to sustain and keep the consistency of, mm. of the performing of the performance rate. Mm. And so the important part for me was about making sure that my voice was always warm, was always taken care of, you know, going to physios and um, to ensure that my health was still, was still good as well, because when doing the job, I lost so much weight. It was ridiculous. And that's how demanding it was. Wow. Um, but also at the same time, it was the fact that because I was enjoying it, 
um, it got easier and easier. And so, so for example, there was approximately 14 wig changes as Diana. And I think, I think, I think between 16, no, that's a lie. Between 19 to 21 costume changes. And half of that is just act one. Oh my gosh. My goodness. When I tell you, it was ridiculous. But I think because, you know, after about six months, it, it just becomes autopilot. So you kind of just get used to just changing. You, you just literally, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm in the next, <laughs> I'm in the next costume, you know, I'm in the next scene. Um, but it I was, it was like a running lot. around, just like running around. Honestly. Off, <laughs> yeah. And like, the, oh God, babe, the cardio, <laughs> the cardio <laughs> it takes, you know, to, you know, as soon as you just set that little foot off that stage, you run to your quick. <laughs> change you know quick 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 you come back on stage you do your thing but you know shout out to dressers shout out to personal dressers because they do their job Mm -hmm. and they have your back you know they look after a girl because as well as trying to get changed you've got to have that quick water break you know you need to touch up your face you know you're like sweating so like all quick dab down and everything so it was it was a lot it was so there was so much going on so much going on and then you had that amazing moment in um in reach out and touch when you the audience you get an audience member up every show right and you'd kind of do it and people have a party at Motown people go for a party and have a people party turn up you know yeah. so I imagine that you had some crazy experiences of getting audience members up with you right oh god, I, I did, know you, know, the you can see on my face oh my god <laughs> yeah. no sorry oh god first god. of all <laughs> so first of all do you know what at when I first started the show that was the sh- that was the part of the show that gave me so much anxiety because I was like oh my god what if I don't get anybody up what if no one wants to come and sing? It's a and big what responsibility, if I get... yeah. It's a lot. And that part of the show, there is a lot of improvisation. That's not scripted, you know. That is really not scripted. So the second, you know, you, you get into the intermission part of the song, it's all just improv. You know, you've got to work with the audience. And sometimes, you know, you get that odd Thursday matinee where the audience is a bit tired, <laughs> not really giving you much. But then, you know, that that compared to like the weekend is is ridiculous. So there's been times where, so I remember my very, very first couple of weeks, you know, I was struggling to get people up and I was like, oh my God, how am I working with this audience? This is not going to work. But then I think it's just about, like I said, kind of putting yourself in her shoes and just kind of really owning the stardom, making people feel like you are her and that, you know what, this is your opportunity to come and sing with her. Like this is an amazing experience so I kind of got used to it but then my goodness when it comes to weekends and that audience is they've they've got the alcohol in their system you know their turn you know they've got energy and they're buzzing there was a couple of times when I would have the odd for example the odd gentleman and it could be maybe like a football fan or just someone who's just like you know rah 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 and so they would come up on that stage (laughs) I'm like, oh, so like, you know, welcome, whatever, like, what's, what's, what's your name? And they'll be like, oh, my name's Barry. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. And you know, where are you from? And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Peckham or something. <laughs> and then literally, as soon as, you know, you get them to sing, they would be singing and singing, but there there would be times when, you know, some people are that confident that they get a bit handsy and they get a little bit like grip seeing a little bit like, oh, okay, 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 okay. That's enough. And, you know, you have to kind of warn the security cut to be like yeah. <laughs> can you get them off the stage oh, because no, yeah. that's when some people take it a bit too far 
um and it was something that you kind of had to handle in a way where it wasn't too obvious that you're uncomfortable because the soon this as soon as you're uncomfortable and the audience see that they're uncomfortable mm. and you know you have to make and consider you have to kind of be consistent with making sure that everything's cool everything's still fun everything's fine um but just knowing that as soon as, you know, you kind of get everyone involved and everyone sings together and everyone's swaying their hands, it is honestly one of my favourite parts of the show. You know, yeah. just to get everyone together and, you know, you just listen to the way they're singing and you can just hear, you know, the happiness and the energy yeah. from people. Like You could see how much people loved it. You could see how much people yeah. loved it and loved that music. It was their moment, to, the audience's moment to kind of show their appreciation. Exactly. Their like their, their moment to, to, to have their little, you know, like moment of of a spotlight just to be able to know that you know this is my turn to be able to sing and to join in with the music and you know to really feel like you are a part of a musical and to enjoy every single part of it and so you know when they do join in and then at the end when they're like having a good time and they're applauding themselves that's when you know that okay like they've actually enjoyed the experience mm-hmm. you know and the nostalgia just becomes stronger and stronger and I think that's why people leave the the show feeling like i i enjoyed that i loved that i needed that it was a Mm. feel good Mm. you know whilst also learning about the story and the back the background of motown at the same time Mm. Mm. and when i came in that final week it felt like you were all on fire the energy was amazing from that stage but i imagine kind of saying goodbye to it must have been really emotional really hard don't even don't even I can't oh, even I can't even <laughs> bear to think oh, I can't it's like you know what the the biggest thing for me was because Diana leads the entire end of the show it was my responsibility to really hold it together I was like I cannot break because if I break it's game over Mm. it's game over and so I remember that point you know this is the moment of the show where they all sing um ain't no mountain and I just remember thinking when I was speaking and you know I'm holding Barry Gordy's hand at this point because you know this is the M25 you know the Motown 25 and this is when they're singing at the awards and everything and so it was a very special moment for everybody and it kind of felt like that last show was them really reuniting for the last time and so that's when, not mm-hmm. the first time that I really felt it, but I think it was the moment that I really got inside myself. Mm-hmm. And it was just the point where I was talking to Barry and I was like, we've got this, we're going to get through this, it's okay. And he, blessing Jay, had tears coming down his face. And I was like, don't do that to me. I was like, don't do that. I was like, come on How now. How dare you, Jay Perry? How yeah. dare you? Yeah, I was like, don't give me that poppy Pull top face yourself of yours. together. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. I was like, let's get this, let's get through this. But it wasn't even Jay. It was the rest of the beautiful Motown cast that were just absolutely emotional. And they were just like, this is the last time we're going to share this experience. So we need to embrace it. But you know, I was just doing everything I did mm. to hold it together. And at the end, I absolutely crumbled, you know, because it was, there was like a moment where she says, mm. you know, she's ad-libbing in the song and she goes, oh, um, uh, one more time, she says. But I kind of, even just subconsciously, I didn't realise I was like one last time and I broke, I broke. I was like, oh my God, because this is literally the last time and you could just hear everyone's emotion when they're singing that, oh my goodness. And 
the bows was so special you know every creative that was a part of Motown came on stage and took their bow had a little like you know Motown 25 party just to Mm -hmm. be like we've done this we've completed Motown for over three years in the West End we've we've accomplished something so beautiful and so powerful you know, so the it incredible was, it run. Was I had a really moment. incredible run, a really incredible run. It really, really, really did. It, it lasted quite a long time, and it's just it's a, it's a shame that it even closed. You know, because um, if only it, it could have gone for longer and longer. But you know, not a lot of shows are able to last too long in the West End. But when you close a show, you need to close it with a bang. You mm. know, and and we did that. We did that. <sighs> I'm feeling the feels. I don't know how, I don't know how I know. you're even talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes me so emotional because it was it was a beautiful show. Like I said, it was the show that really, really did, in hindsight, change my life in this industry. Now, at my age, you know, of course, when you're younger, it's it's different. It's not the same. It's not the same dynamic because when you're older, you learn more. There's more responsibility there, and you're not chaperoned. You're not a baby anymore. You know, yeah. everything is done yourself. You know, you have to look after yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to know what the remedies are for taking care mm. of your voice and your body. You know, when you're younger, you're just like, yeah, yeah, let's have mm. fun. You know, this is this is just me being on stage doing what I love. But mm. as you get older, you really, really start to understand that actually, like, this is this is a lot more serious, if that makes any sense. And so it was just beautiful to be able to um, share that last moment with Motown and knowing that it went out in such a powerful way, uh, in such mm. a powerful way. Mm. Yeah. Um, but one one show closes and another opens. Another open. So some little show called Dear Evan Hansen was coming <laughs> to London, and I've had so many stories from people about this audition process and how it was months and months, and there was this big pause after a few rounds, and then just like you went, no one knew anything for a few months, and then it continued. Then people oh, were going off to America, me. and. So maybe this sounds even more epic than the Motown audition process. What what was what was what was it like? Oh my goodness! So one thing I can confirm to you is that I have never been through an audition process like Dear Evan Hansen. My Jesus Lord! Um, I think every, I'm not being funny. I honestly can tell. I think everyone in the entire industry went for that show. Like, yeah. Motown. I thought Mo, Like I said, I thought Motown was bad, but oh my goodness! So Dear Evan Hansen was a nine month process nine months you'd have a baby in that time right listen i could have been pregnant had a baby and no one would ever know and it was it was a long ass time very long 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 time and i can't even imagine how many times i had gone gone through that process i i honestly can't tell you it was so long because i think you obviously had the the audition process you know at the beginning where you know they're just trying to have some feelers see who they're working with who's who's being seen in the room and then there was the section of like oh, okay you know there's the final but the final's not the final it's the pre-final <laughs> so then you've got more processes then where they maybe would have chopped down a lot of people and then there's that there's that amount of people that they're working with then they rewind and then they're going back to some more people so it was just the case of it was it was a long audition process it was very 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 long um and I think I was seen for the first time in late November and then um found out I got the job in July wow wow July something like that July well, did you did you have to go did you have to I saw you went to New York for rehearsals I was looking on social media we did, did you, yes. did you have to go did you have to go to, to audition in New York at all 
Uh, no. So um, the first time I'd gone to New York was once I'd already got the job and we were doing rehearsal right. uh, periods. But for quite a lot of the cast members who are in the show, they had some um, audition processes in New York. I think it was mainly for the principals. I think the principals and, um, you know, for the Evans, who are the most mm. important part of the show. Um, so they were flown out to New York, you know, to, um, to work with the creatives and mm. the American team. Um, mm. So that took a couple of weeks um, to kind of uh, get together and complete. And then um, the rest of us as a cast, when we got to rehearsal periods, that's when we then went to New York for, for a week, which mm. was, oh, I can't even tell you how amazing it was. That's so there for, how long were you there for like a, 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 like a while right we for us for... yeah we were there for we were there for just over a solid week yeah. um i think for it was about from like a saturday to sunday uh the week after so um we had a good six days of rehearsing um so you know you had the the amazing meet and greet with all the with the cast and crew and people behind the scenes and the social media um team etc um and then that's when we started having you know table readings and you know everyone kind of exploring the ca- uh, the characters etc and then that was the first time we got the opportunity to watch the show as well which was just course, yeah unbelievable mm-hmm. i I have never cried so much i have never was it your first time in new york it was it was my first time in new york and it was the first time seeing the show as well so um because obviously when doing research online it's not it's not the best you know you find a couple of videos Mm. but it's not you can't really see anything Mm. properly um so yeah it was it was absolutely amazing um at the time uh it was andrew yes andrew Philbin who was doing um uh, playing uh, Evan. Evan, Evan, yes, and he was unbelievable, absolutely sensation. Uh, honestly, I, you know, you just can't put to words how incredible an actor mm. is on stage, and him being so young as well. Like he's just got into yeah. Harvard, you know, he's going to Harvard. My goodness, how does your baby, brain yeah. work? Honestly, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just absolutely bizarre, but it was it was incredible. And I was, I think at that moment as well, I started to realize and kind of be even more honored about the fact that I'm a part of a show like that. You know, mm. it's absolutely mm. incredible, beautiful. I mean, as you say, like everyone was auditioning for it. Everyone wanted to know who was in mm. it, all the fans want to know who was going to be in it like it was a big deal so when you did get that call again to say that you got the role Mm. that that must have been another big moment to be like oh my gosh you know I'm I'm part of this yeah I was definitely shocked I was 100% shocked because at the time I think me and my family we were just having a barbecue in the house you know I was minding my own business and I think at this point because the process was so long I'd almost forgotten (laughs) that I'd even auditioned for it and that I'd even that I'm still in the process so it was kind of at the back of my mind you know you kind of get into that mindset of you know when you audition and when you're in a process for so long you're like you know the best thing to do is just to put it in the back of your mind you know to avoid disappointment and also to avoid having your hopes being so high and so um I remember my agent had called me at the time and I was like oh god it's probably like another another recall or something <laughs> so I pick up and it's like, hey, Matt, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all good. Just eating some chicken, you know. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you for too long. You know, I'm, I know it's like, it was a weekend, I believe it was. So he was like, That's I couldn't, weird. I couldn't hold yeah. this in. I could not hold this in until the Monday. You know, this was not email worthy, but I just wanted to let you know that they have offered you to be under study Alana and Zoe. And it was one of those say what nows those those pardons 
was like, you joking? I was like, lies. I was like, you're, you're lying. I was like, no. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's what's happening right now. And then I was like, are you joking? I think because in my head, I was like, this is an original cast. And this has been such a long process. It's been so much hard work, you know, blood, sweat and tears, babe. Like it was such a difficult process because like I said, it's not easy. And there's only eight, about 18 cast members. Yeah. There's only 18 people, you know, out of thousands of people that have auditioned for it. And to know that I was one of the lucky chosen ones, it was just so overwhelming. I was like, I can't, I can't believe that I've, that I've, that I've done it you know that mm. I made it mm. um and I was so grateful I was like so excited to just get on with it I started looking at the script I started learning the scores and everything just getting ahead of before we got to New York and everything um I mean you're keeping it secret yeah. all this time you're not allowed to tell anybody yeah literally and that was the worst part about it was the fact that I only told maybe a bit, about four people I told my family and then maybe like um I think at the time I told my bestest the friends that was literally it mm. um but everyone else you know obviously people were still um South still hadn't heard anything or still didn't know what was going on you know people were like oh have you heard anything and you're like no have you heard anything yet um and stuff like that and so when it got to the actual cast announcement oh my goodness it was it was a lot it was a mm. lot it was mm. a lot it was a lot mm. um and it was just exciting to just kind of announce that you know it's a new show that's opening and you're also a part of it you mm. know mm. and you had two roles to learn and yeah. it's obviously a different process when you when uh, you're a standby because you're not getting to do it all the time. You're having to do a lot of watching and then yeah. kind of doing your own work and doing additional work and stuff. Um, so it's a big responsibility. So how did you find that whole process? And how, how did your brain deal with all that information? Honestly, it's so... such a lot that show. Exactly, and I think so. Obviously, to start off is the fact that you know it's the first time that I'm covering. Yeah. But it's the fact that I'm covering two major roles, as in two big principal roles. And so that that was a lot to take in as it is, because I was like, oh, my goodness, like, how am I going? I, it was kind of a new skill that I was unraveling, like, oh, my God, can I do this? But I was really, really here for the challenge. And I was ready to kind of test my mind into knowing that, you know, I can do both. And so when it came to rehearsal processes in London, when it came to Tech Week and... Um, rehearsal period like leading up to leading up into previews that's when I was like right okay I really really need to kind of like test my mind and know that I can do both and so knowing that it was like the script starting off with and then there's the score and then there's the staging because when I tell you the staging is so important to the show it is one of the most important parts of the whole production the staging the lighting and making sure that you're in um, specific spots and you know the blocking is so important yeah and you've got cameras on you for those bits and stuff everything and yeah. yeah because the, the the show when it comes to technical terms is so clever it's incredible it's very very smart and so it's a it's a major it's kind of very very important to know that when you are on stage you remember every single little detail um and so when it comes to that it was also another thing that I was like oh my goodness this is going to be even worse because when you bear in mind the show doesn't have choreography as such it's not it's not as in there's not too much choreography yeah, yeah. it's not a lot of dance based songs so everything else is very very defined everything is like okay this here you know you've got to stand on this part of the stage you've got to pay attention to that camera you've got to pay attention to this screening you know walk around that panel there's so many different things but I think that's why it makes the show the way it is because 
it makes the audience really realize that, oh my God, I'm online. I'm seeing loads of loads, loads of different sort of things that are going around. And that's kind of relating to the show in terms of social media. Yeah. Um, it allows you to really, really pay attention. And I think that's why when people leave, leave the show, um, they understand what it's really like about. And, mm. you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a lot, you know, without telling too much, but it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely powerful. I recommend mm. coming to see it when it's officially oh, yeah. open again. 5,000%. <laughs> what were those first shows like, your debuts in, in both those roles? <laughs> were they planned? Did you know they were happening or were you like... No, you... no, no, no. Both, both of them were, were definitely unplanned. Um, they were both like sick performances. So the first time that I was finding out I was going on for Alana, when I tell you I could not breathe, I was like, oh my goodness, this is not happening. Because we'd gone... Th- we've gone through so many um, understudy runs and we've gone through so many tech runs and cover runs. I was like, Oh, it's fine. I've got this, you know, I'll be fine. As soon as it found, as soon as I found out that I was actually about to do it on stage, I was like, I've not got this. I'm not going to be fine. I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. You know, but the love and the support that I had from the rest of my fellow principals allowed me to get through that show. And luckily it was a two show day that I went on for the first time. So I had two opportunities to do it. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that was my, my first uh, debut was going on for Alana and I loved every second of it. It was so much fun, um, you know, and especially working alongside um, Sam Tutty, uh, Evan and, and everybody else, like the talent on that stage is un believable it is absolutely incredible and to be able to experience that in because when you think about it like I said Motown and Dear Evan Hansen two different types of shows so that was another thing that that was kind of testing me because it's very acting based you know and for me to kind of perfect that type of my of my work was was amazing because I could continue being able to um, improve on that skill and so being on for Alana was was amazing but then also being on for Zoe was even better you know because Zoe like I said to be um, a black Zoe in in the West End is honestly is, is is incredible for me personally so I was able to kind of add my own spin slightly to to the Zoe character and to be able to embrace being on that stage as as one of, as a principal mm-hmm. um so it was it was so 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 much fun i absolutely loved every second of it mm. it was incredible absolutely Ugh. incredible love I want, it i just i just want to go back i, I want, want to go, to go and see you in both of those roles yeah, david hansen has um there's much talk about diversity hasn't there recently and, mm-hmm. and how we can do better and how things need to change and the stuff that needs to happen and we've kind of seen some shows doing good things and and making positive decisions so for example at dear evan hansen on broadway yeah. their lead and all the covers for evan are all people of color which is mm. a massive kind of step Absolutely. Absolutely incredible, yeah. But if you look at original casts and and lots of casts of lots of shows and you know full companies in the West End and on Broadway, it is just so blaringly obvious that there is so much to do, and it's kind of like we're slowly tiptoeing in the right direction, but for some reason we're just not getting there um so I, I was on this panel discussion yesterday with Rachel John um, yes, um, called Creative yes, Voices yeah. UK and it's interesting to hear what you were saying earlier about the Lion King because Rachel also started out in the Lion King and yeah she said it was such a 
diverse show to be a part of and the only true diverse show that she's done other than Hamilton. And she said that because that was her first thing, it kind of gave her a full sense of what the industry was like. And then when she left The Lion King and went into other shows and had other experiences, mm. um, she then kind of got a true sense of, of what this industry is, is like. Yeah. Sorry, I know I'm going on, but I guess it's this kind of two-sided thing where as a black actress, it's so great and exciting to be playing a role which is not yes. normally played by a black actress. Yeah, 100%. But it's equally, well, maybe more so frustrating because this kind of shouldn't be the case and there's so much to do and it feels like we aren't getting to where we need to be. Yeah, no, 100%. You're so much, you're so correct in everything that you're saying. And, you know, to start off with, like you said, kind of relating to Rachel John, you know, when you start off being in the show with predominantly black people or with people of colour, you kind of think, oh my goodness, this is what the industry is like, because you don't necessarily look into other shows maybe too much because you think, oh, you know, if you're looking at something like The Sound of Music, you're like, oh, you know, there's not going to be any black people in that show. Um, you know, as an example, but kind of leading into something like Dervin Hansen following from Motown, I, when I was doing research, I did think to myself, I was like, oh, okay, I'm auditioning for the role of Alana because she's the only black person in the show. So I was like, okay. I didn't think to myself whatsoever I would ever be a Zoe because instantly you kind of think in your mind that She's a, she's a white character. So why would I be chosen to do that, that, that role? Because that's just not going to happen. And it kind of, it's, it's frustrating because it comes to a point where you start making excuses for why your opportunities in this industry are so limited. And it's very frustrating and upsetting because you do put yourself in that bracket where you know that, oh, I can only go for this role. I can only go for that part because they can be slightly darker. And so with Evan, you know, I embrace it, but at the same time, it upsets me knowing that in this West End um, production, I am the only, and I emphasize this, I am the only black girl, let alone person in the entire production. And when I say black, I mean blackity black, <laughs> like fully dark, like in terms of mm. skin tone wise, I am the darkest mm. and the only darkest, you know? And that's why it, I have so much love as well, because, you know, you've got people like Nicole, you know, you've got Alex Thomas Smith, and you've also got Courtney Stapleton, who are also black people in this show and people of color. And knowing that we are the only ones, it's like, why are we the only ones? There should be more, you know, there should be more people that can add diversity to this, to this incredible show, because it's beautiful, you know, and it just kind of states that, you know, black people can also have mental health you know, they're not, not just, not just white people, you know, and I say that with a lot of respect, but then at the same time, you know, seeing and knowing that when Jordan Fisher was first announced as the first person of color to be Evan, why was that? Why was there so much hype when you think about it? Why? Because he, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a game changer, but you're like, why is it a game changer? It doesn't need to be a game changer. That's what it should have been from the beginning, you know, and knowing that, there's still not many people of color in the show or black people in the show. It kind of does, it, it, not that it says a lot, but it just shows that we need to work harder. We need to embrace our community much more, you know? And it's, it's the case of when you do perform, 
in this, I always feel like the West End is so colorblind, so colorblind, where you don't look at people on stage and think, that's, that's a black person with a, black, with, a, with a white family. That doesn't make sense. You know, we don't, we don't look at it like that in this country, in my opinion. And I feel like a lot of people would agree, you know, the West End isn't like that. But that's why it's a problem, because we need to embrace that a lot more. That should be the case. You know, a lot yeah. of casting directors need to cast more black people in their shows, you know. And it's, mm. it's just, that's why I say it's annoying, because like I said, the West End doesn't look at, the, uh, as in viewers, sorry, exactly. when, when audiences watch yeah, the West yeah, End. Yeah. We're, we're colorblind. We don't look at things like that. So why are we stopping that from yeah. being a thing? Yeah, and most these shows right? are set in like magical worlds or different worlds, and we're we're not really in America when we're sat in the auditorium no, watching Darren exactly. Hansen. We use our imagination, you know. It doesn't. It, uh, there, there is no excuse. There's no valid reason for there not right. to be more diversity, and I don't know why we aren't further than we are now. There's so many conversations that are being had now, and it's like, well, mm. why are we having this conversation now? One hundred percent. It's 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 very very true, and I think that's why I kind of went on with saying that, of course, Alana Beck is the is the person of color in the show. Um, but also, with that being said, knowing that when I first went on for Zoe, I was I, I there was something about about being on stage as Zoe Murphy that kind of made me feel so, so emotional because it was like, I'm the first sort of black slash person of color to go on that stage as, as a colored Zoe Murphy, as a person of color being Zoe mm. Murphy. And it, that feeling of knowing that this is, this is not a game changer, but this is something that's very, very special. And, but at the same time, it should be something that should be normal. You mm. know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't necessarily be something that an understudy has to only go on stage to be yeah. you know it could be imagine if there was ever like a, a black Zoe Murphy yeah. like how how incredible would that be or a black Connor Murphy you mm-hmm. know it's just to it's more of an encouragement to know that there should be more diversity in the principal yes. part of the show not the understudy not yeah. the understudies it should be more diversity in the principles and i think that's also something that would make the show even more more, more incredible if that if that makes any sense yeah you know um, because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't take away the fact that how amazing the show is not at all but it could be just as special mm, it could 100%, be just as special 100 you know? oh it's 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 a lot it's a lot it's a lot to talk about you know because it doesn't disregard you know the um the fact that the show is is amazing you know especially yeah, it, it coming to the west end it's it's beautiful but it, it just interlinks with every other show in the west end yeah you know that there should be more diversity in but um, i think on and off stage as well but also with all with uh, well, with audiences but also with orchestras and backstage with, crews with creatives, and producers yeah. and directors and that's and people at the top as well i think yeah we make progress on stage kind of but we make zero progress with producers and people with producers and creatives i can't think of a single black producer or uh even like a like a like a theater critic i can't think of like honestly it blows my mind because when you do think about it i I do think to myself every audition room that i've been in i've not seen a the 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 the, the, black or person of color main creative in the middle of the table Mm. you know not on the side not a reader Mm. You know, not a not a not an MD. Yeah. You know, because you rarely get those anyway. But to be the person that's in the middle of the table when you go into an audition room, they're the one talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, 
never. I cannot mm. think of one time. And mm-hmm. that's something that that needs to change. It needs to change, mm-hmm. you know, because it would change the dynamic of shows as well. It would mm-hmm. change the dynamic. And to know that, you know, sometimes when you do certain um, shows, you know, you get told, especially if it's acting through song, you know, you get told you're being too soulful. You know, you get told, maybe bring it back a little bit more, maybe make it a bit more simpler, you know? And it's like, why, what does that mean? What do you mean I'm being too soulful? Can you, can you elaborate on that? You know, and it's like, what if that's my voice? Sorry, what's that? What if that's how I sing? Are you saying I have to sound more, you know? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's like, what are, you, what are you trying to insinuate? And there should be so much less of that. Yeah. You know, we should be able to embrace us as black performers, who we are, how we are and what we bring, mm. you know, and how we perform. And that is why we need a concert like Turn Up. And that's why we got one. <laughs> <laughs> all those people are like, why is there a concert with an all black lineup? And it's like, well, mm. why didn't you say that when we've had all these concerts with all white lineups, and all these shows right. with all white cast? Because I guarantee that you probably didn't say anything on social media then, my friend. Right, right. It's 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 so so true, it's and th- that's why I think this is why it's going to be so special, and why it's going to be so powerful and beautiful. And when mm-hmm. people really tune in, they will understand why. Mm-hmm. You know, because it shouldn't have to take a concert like this. It shouldn't have to take events such as Black Lives Matter and all the the horrible nonsense that's been going on in the states and here. You know, when it comes to racial discrimination and systematic issues, like it shouldn't have to take this. And you know what? It's weird because I honestly feel like this year is a blessing in disguise. It's teaching everyone so much, but it shouldn't have to take matters and events like this for us to to scream, hello, we are here, hire us. You know, Mm. we we need you, you need us. You know, Mm. we, we, we should have to know that we don't have to beg or we don't have to feel like we are pushing to be in the spotlight or pushing to be a certain principle that isn't meant to be black does that make any sense and it's it's knowing that it's it's knowing that we've got this concert not only to use our voices but just to tell you you know to tell you that we are here we are beautiful and we're 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 powerful um and i i honestly couldn't be like i said i couldn't be more honored to be a part of the show because it's really really going to teach a lot of people um a lot of things Mm -hmm. you know and it's and hopefully it's going to really really open the eyes of the industry much more Mm, yeah absolutely absolutely um final question looking ahead Yes. Post even post Evan Hansen, what what yeah. gets you excited? What what are the things that you're like? Oh, I want to do that. Or I want to do more of this because you're really proven from going from Diana Ross to Alana <laughs> and Zoe that there is no end to what you could do. Oh, so what what do you want to do next? We want something like something period, something old school. Like what's what's getting you, you know excited? <laughs> I think first of all, what's getting me excited is just to get back on stage. Yeah, That's for starters. I cannot wait to go back. To to work um and i think do you know what i think right now i've got my head wrapped around hamilton right now i don't know what it is but oh my goodness that coming out on disney plus have you, did you watch it did you watch oh it? i've watched it i've watched it twice i have watched it twice <laughs> and i'm yet to watch it a third time i was in absolute because i've already seen it in 
the West End already. I've seen the show. But then to see it on Disney Plus with the Broadway team, my goodness me, it makes, I, I honestly feel like everyone in the industry can say the same thing, but they just want to be in that show so bad. And it's a game changer, the fact that it's come out on Disney Plus, because my goodness me, I want to be in that show so badly. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. So I think hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, when things start going back to normal and, you know, when productions and shows start opening again and more opportunities arise, that could be something hopefully one day in the pipeline because I would absolutely love, 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 love to be in that show. It doesn't matter what role it is. Can you imagine? Oh my God, please, 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 please. I would love Hamilton to go that one step further and start doing kind of just gender blind casting. And there's so much, there is so much they could do in that show. And I'm waiting for Australia to do something like that. I'm praying that Billy Porter plays, uh, does Gypsy on Broadway, but that's a whole different story. Um, But what I was going to (laughs) say is how, no, I can't, like it'd be the best thing ever. But I want you and Jay Perry to be reunited. You could be Hamilton and Eliza. I would die I would absolutely die because if if Jay ever gets given that role which I feel like he should be he needs to be upped right <laughs> the yeah. way there yeah. and if he ever does you know and if you know I ever get the opportunity to be in the show that'll be insane if you ever get reuni- reunited like mm-hmm. I need to I need to like holler at him later to be like hey <laughs> I've got an idea <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, he honestly, because like I said, I absolutely loved every second working with him. He's an incredible talent. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've still not, his, I've not seen his burr, let alone his Hamilton yet, which I still need to see. Um, but could you imagine if we ever get reunited? Um, but I think in general, in terms of, you know, looking forward to things, I'm very excited to see, you know, the new Frozen coming out. Um, and to see, you know, that's that casting, you know, how that's all been done. And then also to see, you know, Moulin Rouge, you know, that's coming out next. And there's just so many new shows. And also there's Prince of Egypt, you know, which also is one of my favorite films. Like since I was little, I absolutely mm-hmm. love that film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just, just to be able to go back to being in the industry and, you know, yeah. watching shows and seeing talent again, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. And hopefully, fingers crossed to see, a new a new change mm-hmm. in our industry mm-hmm. as well Absolutely. to see new things happening and hopefully knowing that voices have been heard mm-hmm. yeah and this has been i think my longest recording ever <gasps> Has it actually? With that being said, I think you should do like a solo show or something. We need like an evening with Natalie. Yes, we do. I'm so here for that. You know what? I'm so here for that. Guitar, guitar, stories. Yeah, I think think that would be a night to remember. That's what I want. I would love that. Yes, this has been so lovely. I didn't realize it's the longest chat. It's like a sleepover podcast. Normally, I know. Normally, when I get to an hour, I'm like, okay, wrap it up, wrap it up. But I'm like, no, it was. I was not wrapping it up. We were still, <laughs> there was so much to be said. I love um, it. But honestly, this has been so inspiring. Your like oh, journey you. from being this child in the Lion King and looking up to these principles to then yeah. becoming a principal and and to you know be doing these incredible jobs and these incredible these incredible roles is just so exciting. And I know there is so much more to come and i cannot wait to see everything that happens yeah thank you so 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 much natalie thanking you thank you so much for having me this has been a lovely chat loved every second (laughs) 
Thank you so, so much to Natalie. So many important words there and such an inspiring journey. She's literally unstoppable and I, I predict some big things. And like I said, we need that one night with Natalie Kazanga concert sometime soon. Um, yeah, I loved, loved, loved chatting to her. To get your tickets to turn up, visit www.club11.london slash turn the link is in the description for this episode and it is not to be missed i cannot wait if you enjoy this episode of in the frame please hit that subscribe button and it would be incredible if you could leave a little apple podcast review and rating make sure you also check out our other podcast the west end frame show to stay up to date with everything going on in theater land and you can find west end frame on twitter instagram and on Facebook. We had to switch around the order of episodes this week, so sorry for any confusion, but next week, as promised, West End and Broadway star Asmaret Gabriel McHale will be in the frame. <laughs>